Hello and welcome to the Freemasons Podcast. I am your host, Right Warshore Brother George Mudry, and with me tonight... Brother Rocco. Brother Patrick. Brother Perry. And we have a special guest tonight, Warshville Master Ken Tarwood from Harmony 42 in Waterbury. Glad to have you with us. Thank you guys for having me this evening. There's going to be a lot of shit show shenanigans going on tonight. I hope you're prepared. I cannot wait. And uh, first off, what did you bring? All right, so... um in keeping with uh, recent, recently established tradition, I brought a <laughs> bottle of Knob Creek, which I hope is to everyone's liking. Oh, it will be. Anything oh, yeah. that has any type of alcohol content to it is to our liking. So kind of It's a small batch, too. It is. Thank it's you. Small batch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's right at Nothing but the best for my brothers. <laughs> so first thing we're going to do is we're going to knock out some stuff, and then we're going to talk about you and your Masonic career. But first, we have some Masonic toasts to take care of. Very first thing we're going to do is we're going to plug our sponsor, Upon the Point. If anybody hasn't been there to, to Upon the Point yet, go to their website, and that's uh, www.uponthepoint.com, and they have all kinds of Masonic challenge coins as well as pins as well. It, even if you're not a Mason, you can still buy the challenge coins even maybe for a Mason as a gift or, or anything of that nature. You don't have to be a Mason to buy one. So go again to www.uponthepoint.com. The other thing we want to do is plug our website, www.thefreemasonspodcast.com. I keep putting up more and more shirts and shit every single day. Go up there, check us out. Have a look at all the shirts and stuff that we made. The Freemasons Podcast Facebook page. We just put up a funny picture. Very funny. <laughs> Watch out for the babysitters. <laughs> There's uh, a bunch of stuff on there. Like us and follow the podcast on there. Also, I just put up a link, actually, on the Freemasons Podcast Facebook page. If you want to become a supporter of the podcast, go on there. Basically, for $9.99 a month, or $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month, you can become a supporter of the podcast. You like you here? Just give us uh, give us some support. All right, now let's get into our Masonic shout-outs. We had a couple likes. Eric Seuss, Mike Landola, Jason Habreski, Hal Elwell, and Hunter Vargas, all members, I think, of Waterbury Lodges, if I'm not correct. As a matter of fact, four out of those five are. I thought so. Nice. And, you know, I will say on this, I thought I was actually going to catch more flack than good on this, on the podcast. I really did. I didn't think that as many Connecticut Masons would have showed support. I thought I was going to catch some shit for some of the stuff that's said and done in here. So, uh, but. I mean, you still might. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I might still. That's 100% true. All right. But anyway, shout outs to these guys, and we're going to start with our Masonic Toast. So. Brethren, right hand arms. Arms! Ready! Ready! Aim! Aim! Fire, good fire, fire all. Together, brothers? Be hot! Be hot! Be hot! All right. Fill them up. Fill them up. Fill her up. Charging the cannons. How are you drinking that Knob Creek? Yeah. Woo, boy! <laughs> Perry's got a heavy hand. Okay? That stuff is good. Perry's yeah. a professional bartender. It's in his blood. Right <laughs> it's in his blood. My, my father is a bartender. My father is a bartender. Oh, I thought that was an Irish joke. No, no, it's a. 
He's got the perfect pour. He's one of those guys that pours the iced tea out of the thing. <laughs> Everyone else spills him. Psh, perfect. <laughs> All right. Our next toast is going to be to you, Brother Ken Tarwood, Worship Master. Thank you for being here, and I'm glad you're here up here throwing some shenanigans. On top of that, I have to apologize to you on air. He was supposed to come up here on Sunday with Liberty Ghost Hunters. There was a lack of communication. I thought that he was part of the Liberty Ghost Hunters crew. We are originally scheduled for 6 o'clock. I told him 6 o'clock, and I didn't tell him of the time change of 3. So as we're walking down the stairs, he's coming up the stairs. And I felt like the biggest shitbag on the planet. So I have an apology. Oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, no apologies are necessary. It was just good to see a few of my uh, my fellow brothers. And it was excellent to see Brother John and his uh, lovely wife, who mm -hmm. I haven't seen in a while. They're uh, good friends of ours over at Harmony. So it was just good to see everybody. You don't need to apologize. You missed an entirely fucked up episode. I did listen to that episode. Oh, my God. Was that was fucking nuts. And you know what was crazier than that? It was the fact that when I didn't hear the questions that were being asked me, in the other room. I had no idea. Now when I went back and edited that shit, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Applause. <laughs> I was literally like, it was a weird feeling. Like I was like shaking. Like I was, holy shit. Like the hair on your back of your neck stood up listening to that. And that, that fucked me up for a while. I'm not going to lie. Especially when they said, go punch George. And that thing said, I'm, I'm like, it sounds like fanfare. That was yeah. fucked up. And yeah. then when I told Henry he sucks, I didn't, you know, it's great that uh, poor that they were actually interacting along that, but it's even better that they tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that had me dying. Hey, Henry, love you, you fucker. <laughs> anyway, so to you, Brother Ken, our Masonic toast. Right hand to arms. Arms. Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together. Be hot, be hot, I just spilled half that shit on my computer. Could you? Uh, again, George. Uh, again. Hold on. Perry, I'm going to need uh, I'm need some. Right napkins or baby wipes, something along those lines. Speaking of baby wipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got the joke, yeah. right? All right, just, just checking. Uh, just checking. I ain't cleaning your mouth. And uh, you will, that's fine. You okay. I made the baby wipe comment because if you go on the free uh, the Freemasons podcast, Rocco, give me your can and I want to charge page, You'll find out. Then you'll get the reference. Just a pinch. You'll get the inside. You'll get joke. you'll get the inside um, joke. Yeah, the 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 nice ladies walking down Main Street uh, also <laughs> thought it was interesting. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> what the hell are they doing? Meanwhile, what the fuck are they doing? Standing there for three minutes, like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're standing there take, trying to take the funny picture, and Rocco's like, Wait, I think I almost got it. Like, 15 minutes later, he's like, Ah, ah we're almost there. All right, Perry, we're gonna have to do something about this. Just get me another glass. <laughs> Cannons are charged and aligned. <laughs> yeah, Rocco's cannon is a little heavy on gunpowder, but it's okay, it'll still fire. Yeah, what, what the hell, what, what's going on? What am I missing? <laughs> I, I, Jesus Christ. That's not a drink. That's a fucking homicide. All right. So, let's get into you. Worship Brother Ken. I want to know about you. All right. So well, does the audience. 
So I uh, began my Masonic career in 2012. In November of 2012, I was raised as a Master Mason. Um, we have a very strong officer's line in Harmony, always have, even back then. Uh, it was difficult to get into that line. But there was an opening for um, a junior steward that January, right after I was raised. Um, I put my hat into the ring, so to speak, and they saw fit to appoint me. The master that year saw fit to appoint me as junior steward. So I was lucky enough, blessed enough, I feel, to have gone through all of the chairs. Like I said, awesome. it's a pretty strong officer line. Uh, the progressive line is very strong there, so I got to sit in every chair. You really learn a lot about masonry and I think about life in general and about leadership when you start off as a steward and you work those two years as junior and senior steward. I'm a big proponent of servant leadership. I think it's important to learn how to serve before you can learn how to lead. <clears throat> and for those of you who may not know, um, the job of the stewards is to basically to clean up, to set up. Uh, to take everything down at the end of the night to make sure that everybody's fed and everybody has beverages. And it's kind of a thankless job, but if it's done incorrectly or if somebody's not doing it, you know, the brothers have a terrible experience. So it's a pretty powerful lesson as you go up through the chairs, um, you know, you learn those lessons. Um, you know, once you get to the, the deacon spot, you have a lot more responsibility in lodge, you have a lot more ritual obligations. And I feel like that teaches you a lot about leadership as well. And by the time you get to the wardens and the master seat, you don't really feel bad about telling anybody in any of those subordinate officers' chairs to, you know, to do something because you're not asking them to do anything that you haven't already done. And I feel that's a really important lesson to learn as a leader, because I, you know, even in my professional life, if I, if I was responsible for a group of individuals and they were doing jobs that I had never done before. I would feel completely out of place. I wouldn't know what to do with myself, and I feel I'd be a really poor leader as a result of that. And I think masonry really teaches you to do the exact same thing. I think it's a really powerful lesson, uh, really powerful leadership lesson. So I believe I've sat for steward what at least three years, <laughs> steward, uh, senior and junior, and it does. You know what? It's a thankless job. Sometimes you're the last person to lead um, at the end of the night, but. Except the stewards we have now, those lazy sacks of shit. No, I'm joking. Our stewards are all right. They're, kidding, they're, they're, just kidding? Kidding, just kidding. But a lot of times yeah, you, you end up, you know, sometimes <laughs> you might be picking up some slack for another officer or doing something else, but you're pretty much running around and, and doing the, the heavy lifting. I agree. I agree. I mean, being a steward helped me in my personal life also because I was a slob. Still am a slob, but being a steward helped me, you know, Teach me to clean stuff up, make sure people are taken care of, you know, over yourself and and stuff like that. So now your officers in in Harmony are they two year terms? Nope, it's a one year term. It is a one year term. So, so it is a progressive line. All right, good. So what's uh, what's a couple of things you've uh, so far? I mean, it's it's still early in the year, so I get it. It is, it's, but it feels like a lot longer than it actually has been. But um, one of the one of the first things I learned that <clears throat> was that even in the other officers' chairs, you're always supporting the master. You're always helping out whoever was the master that year. Um, but until you're sitting in that seat, you never really realize exactly what that master is doing. There are so many responsibilities that just really aren't explained to you until you're sitting in that chair, and you know that, George. Uh -huh. um, it's 
it's a little, Wait, little overwhelming mean? at first. What do you mean? I don't just get to wear the funny hat? No. Oh, okay. So much just more checking. than that. So much more than that. <laughs> and you are the last line of defense. You're, you're, you're what everybody's looking at to make the final decision, the final call on anything that gets discussed in the lodge. And sometimes you're going to make decisions that are unpopular with some of the brethren. It's just the way any organization works, right? Some, you have to make decisions. You have to do it in the best interest of the craft. And as long as you're doing that, as long as you're making decisions that are in the best interest of the lodge, nobody can really fault you. But you're always going to upset some people. And that's always, you know, right. it's the disheartening part about being a master. But, you know, it's... I learned real quick, you're never going to make everyone happy. Nope. Never going to happen. Nope. So the only thing you really do, and I said it to Jack as well, like, the only thing you really do is just do what you want to do and hope everybody's with you. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much all you can do. So what do you guys do over there at Harmony for uh, charity events and whatnot? Uh, we don't do as many charity events as a, as a lodge that we've initiated as I'd like to. Um, but we do a lot with in conjunction with some of the other lodges in the area. Uh, our sister lodge, which is Liberty Continental 76, uh, does a lot with um, Shepherd Salem. They have a lot of kind of uh, charity alliances. So one of the events that they do is the Purple Pumpkin Project, and that's a Shepherd Salem event um, that Liberty started volunteering for as well. And we send a couple people when we can to that event, um, and that's for uh, epilepsy awareness, to raise epilepsy awareness. Mm -hmm. One of the other events we do together is uh, in benefit of the Greater Waterbury Safe Haven, which is a women's shelter. Not just a women's shelter, but a family shelter for, um, you know, at-risk uh, women and families. Um, and they, you know, one of their big issues is they, they really don't have a lot of uh, supplies. That's their big need is right. supplies. And it's a year-round thing. It's not just during the winter season. Shepherd Salem took up donations in front of the Walmart in uh, Naugatuck. And they do it once or twice a year um, during the times that they need those supplies the most. And uh, Harmony Brothers and Liberty Brothers go to that. And it tends to be a big regional kind of Masonic event. Yeah. Uh, we, there, there are a lot of people that go to that event now. Every know. We do a Blue Lodge Council, which is basically all of the districts in, oh, excuse me, all of the lodges in the district, they get all together. One of the things we donate to as well is we put into that safe haven. Safe haven in Greater Waterbury, yeah. It's a great cause. It's a great cause. Um, so those are the, the, the two big ones that, you know, pop into my head. Now, we were actually talking about the whole table lodge thing. Mm -hmm. And your toasts are actually different than ours. And the reason yes. why is because the ritual that we have is from, like, 1937 or whatever mm -hmm. and yours is you guys kind of follow the masonic or the, the the grand lodges so our toast is a little bit different than other lodges in the state mm -hmm. so do you want to explain your toast sure um i would say if we can charge and align the cannons i could oh, i could do a toast yeah. to you sure. guys we can in our fashion up, up, up. And just to give you guys a little background on Masonic toasts, um, I don't know that ours is, uh, you know, straight out of the Grand Lodge of Connecticut ritual. I don't think that the toasts are actually fully documented in the ritual. So really, a lodge's toasts are kind of traditional in nature. They get passed down from, from brother to brother, from generation to generation. And I think that's one of those things that is kind of, uh, you know, a peculiarity of each lodge in Connecticut. They all have a slightly different toast ritual, so... Cannons are how about charged you, and uh, aligned. How about right. you lead us, Worshipful Master? All right. Cannons are charged and aligned. I hope, hopefully I get this right, because I'm sure Brother Hal and Brother Eric Sousa are listening, so, <laughs> and they will correct me if I screw this up. So, 
Brothers, right hand arms. Arms! Pause. Ready. I have to think. <laughs> the only... All I can remember is your ritual now. Hold on. All right. Right hand arms. Arms! Present arms. Ready. 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 Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Present arms. Together, brothers. Viva! 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 Got a little shower there. Yeah. I got one yeah. before. It actually showered my entire computer, so we're good. So uh, I'm sure the listeners can probably tell that we don't do the uh, the clapping that you yeah. guys do. That's the, the main the main difference between our ritual. Yeah. But to I you, like my brothers. I kind of like the clapping. It gets me prepped up for the vivant, you know? I know. It does. kind of gets the blood, blood boiling a little bit. You got soaked, didn't you, Ken? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I kind of figured this was going to happen if I came and hung out with you guys. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. I know. There was even discussion about doing an after hour, so I hope you don't got somewhere to be after. I've got nowhere to be really? except to work that? tomorrow. So Yeah, there's going to be after hours. Dan, you might want to fucking drinking, go home. Dan? I mean, Thursday is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I might. Thursday is our lodge night anyway, so I'm usually out, you know, hanging out with the brothers, doing the whole fellowship thing after a after a degree or a meeting on Thursdays anyway, so right. it's now, to be expected. So Dan got it. So I'm wondering who's going to be the target for tonight in the after hours, if who's staying. Who's going to be the... you guys were talking about coins for a second. I was like... No, 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 no. I caught hell. Messner caught hell. You caught hell. So yeah. now... I'm picking my next target. Rocco's kind of looking shifty-eyed over here to my left. So. I'm trying not to make eye I'm gonna try to be quiet. Everybody's trying to look around way. like, no, George, I swear to God, I'll be, I'll behave. I'm not going to say anything about polar or, or no, kangaroos. I got it by or accident. Fuck that. Mesner shit all over me. And oh, I couldn't, yeah. I was, I don't know, I was half in the bag, honestly. But Our after hours yeah. are always half in the bag. For exactly. All right. Mesner shit on so let's move on. Let's start talking about listeners' questions. I had a bunch of them. So number one, we'll start with this question. And I don't. I can go through and find out who asked the questions, but I'm just going to throw the questions out there. You know who you are. You listen to the podcast. You know if it's your question or not. Question number one, how to wear Masonic rings and shirts. I would recommend not wearing the Masonic shirt inside out, <laughs> but that's all I got on Masonic shirts. I mean, you wear, wear a fucking Masonic shirt. <laughs> The ring is actually quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it's been explained to me by other Masons, and again, I don't know if this is across the board, uh, every state, every lodge, whatever the case may be. You have a square and compass ring. If you have presided as master of the lodge and have brought a Mason to light, you wear it with the compasses pointed outward, meaning you've brought someone to light. You've given light to somebody else. If you haven't brought somebody to light and you've only received light, you wear the ring with the compasses pointed at you. And that's the way it's been explained to me. Okay, now I have a quick question about that. Um, when you say no, brought to light, I know. Oh, I'm going to ask anyway. Um, <laughs> when, when you said uh, like brought to light, now obviously that's relating to a degree. Now are we talking Correct. is it the entered apprentice degree? Is it the fellow craft? The any. Mason? Could any. be any of the three. Any of the as three. long as you do one of the three degrees. As long as you're you presided as master. Some type of light. So it's, it's master, you have to do a degree. You have to have been master and done an obligation and brought someone to light. Okay, perfect. So that's the way it's been explained to me. No, it makes, uh, makes perfect sense to me. I've heard it a couple different ways. Um, some people have told me through my lodge, and this may be lodge tradition, I don't know, that right. um, past masters 
are supposed to or can have the ability to, or if you will, wear their rings with the compasses pointing towards the candidates. Right. If you're not a past master, the reason that you wear the square encompasses with the compasses pointed toward you is to remind you of your obligation. Right. So that's why it's kind of up to the brother. If you always want to be reminded of your obligation, you point the square encompasses toward you. Otherwise, you can flip it around if you're a past master. Interesting. Hmm. That's the way I've heard it explained. But that's all I, be, I that's all I have for rings. So mm-hmm. if anybody else got any other stuff they want to bring about rings, but that's pretty much the way it's been explained to me. Obviously, there are certain rings you shouldn't wear depending on what degree you've seen. If you're a Scottish Rite Mason, you could wear the 32nd or 33rd. But if I'm, again, I'm a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason, I wouldn't wear the ring of a 33rd. I wouldn't wear a shirt of the 33rd. Uh, I'm also a Knights Templar, which means I can wear anything that has to do with the uh, the, the Mark Master or, excuse me, the uh, Royal Archmasons or Chapter, Council, or Commandery. I wouldn't wear, if I wasn't a member of those, you shouldn't wear a Knights Templar shirt. Mm-hmm. Same um, as a past master. You wouldn't wear a past master. Correct. You wouldn't wear a past master emblem on you or a past master ring because yeah. you haven't You're been not, bestowed been that title master, yet. Yeah. But that's pretty much all I got. So without going too much into the configuration of the square encompasses for each degree of masonry, um, one of the things that keeps being asked of me is new brothers, when we initiate them or when they're past the degree of fellowcraft, hey, can I get my ring? Can I wear my ring yet? Ah, this is a good discussion right here. One of the things I always tell them is, hey, I mean, there are nuances to how the square and the compass is presented. Square and compasses are presented in each degree. And they don't really make Masonic rings that have the square and compasses in those different configurations. Right. If you wear a normal Masonic ring, you're basically telling the world that you're a master mason. You're a master mason. And if you're not... It's not the end of the world. Somebody's not going to walk up on you, know, walk up on you in the street and stab yeah, you or challenge. anything. Not like the old days. But why not? You're one of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might in Seymour. You might. I don't know. Uh, those babysitters. But, <laughs> man, I can tell you, those fucking babysitters. babysitters. Those Masonic babysitters are brutal. Everywhere. But what I tell these guys is, hey, it's not going to be the end of the world if you're wearing you know, a ring as a master mason before you're a master mason. But the friendship, the bonds that you make with another brother, these are like lifelong friends. Right. And you don't want to sully that by your initial meeting with them being, hey, why are you wearing that ring? You're not a master mason yet. You know what I mean? So basically what I I tell brothers that we initiate is it's going to take, what, three, six months, depending on what time of year you're taking your degrees before you're a master mason. Just wait. Or buy your lapel pins now and buy your rings now and just don't wear them, you know, especially around other brothers until you get that master mason degree. Just now, keep see, everybody honest. Believe it or not, I actually have an alternative thought to that. And this is just, again, my opinion. It doesn't matter. Um, no, it doesn't. It's strictly my opinion. And let me explain why. Once you've taken your entered apprentice degree, you are technically a... A mason. Mason. Mm-hmm. So you should be allowed to wear the square encompasses. Now, if I was to bang into you, Worshipful Brother Ken, mm-hmm. and you let's say you were an entered apprentice, and I see you with the square encompasses, oh, I see you're a Freemason. Oh, one of the first things I'm going to ask is, oh, are you entered apprentice, fellow craft, master mason? Mm-hmm. What are you? Mm-hmm. And then you'd say, oh, I'm an entered apprentice or whatever. So number one. Number two, this is why we have the grips and words. So I can come up Correct. to you yeah. and shake your hand and a mason should know, you know, oh, well, he's coming to shake my hand. He wants to know what grip I am. Mm-hmm. 
you give the grip and then you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And that's just my opinion. But I always, and this is the reason why I held this opinion is because I feel like as an EA, you're not allowed to vote in a lodge. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to carry a dues card. You can't go to any other lodge. But Unless you, you're a vouch for. Unless you're a vouch for, true, by a master mason. Mm-hmm. I, I always wanted that entered apprentice to feel like he's one of us. Agreed. So that was why I always said, yeah, throw your, throw it on, throw throw the pin on. You know, you want to buy a ring, that's fine, but make sure it doesn't have a a level or a square or a plum on the side of it because those are, as we all know, Warden. the symbols of yeah. wardens and officers' chairs. Or a little sun in the middle of the square compasses. Yeah, or a little yeah, sun in front of the Yeah, you'll get, <laughs> right. you'll get someone mad about and that. And those are nuances that new brothers may not they, even they won't know. know. But it, so, and not for nothing, when you become a master mason, that's when I think you should get a nice decorative ring. But if you're made of money and you want to get a freaking ring, you get some cheap shit and an apprentice ring or, you know, or just a simple square and compasses and rock it. But this, again, solely my opinion. Well, I mean, you know, brothers like you and I are not going to yell at an entered apprentice that that it's wearing a Masonic ring, right? Yes, I will. Well, I mean, you might. Fuck you, Brownie. There, there are there <laughs> yeah, are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of brothers out there that are you know more traditionalists that you know you might right you might piss might them off. have an, yeah and might have an you, issue. you don't want to do that because these could be lifelong friends too. So. I think, in my personal opinion, it should fall on the lodge. The lodge should make that final call. Yes, you can wear it. No, you can't wear it. I think that's where it should fall. And, and that's just my opinion. Because and I, I don't think necessarily the... think there's any harm in it. Most people aren't going to wear them anyway. Um, what, it's a, it's a year, usually a year and a half, you know, right. before you're a master anyway. Eh, sometimes. Do... It depends on how... It depends, no, yeah, well, it depends it on you, pretty much. It might take that long for your ring to come from China. That's true. Exactly. Order for all your... a lot of conversation. And you'll get it in the mail That's by funny. the time you're a master. It'd be perfect. But even if when mm-hmm. we when we give our entered apprentice degree, we give the the lapel our um our lodge lapel pin. Right. Yeah. And we say That's where where, where yeah. that has the yeah, square and compass it's on. on the side yeah. of your uh, hand right there. Yeah. It's a show hat. Yeah. See? <laughs> and it has the square and compass on it. it does, so yeah. we actually tell them as an entered apprentice to wear our lodge pin. Now once again I'm just saying that for no reason, but I just do it to show property. We yep. fucking own you. <laughs> we own <That's> right. <laughs> but that goes too for like stickers on their on people's cars, you know. Yep. Right. I don't go overly Masonic. I think that's a, it gets a little ridiculous. After As he's a while. wearing a Masonic hat, right? Yeah, now. yeah. with yeah. a Masonic ring. I don't go overly Masonic. Masonic Reeboks and Masonic Reeboks. Right? <laughs> I, do, I do have a <laughs> Rocco had his own Masonic <laughs> shoes made. <laughs> got a ring on too yeah, I don't go overly okay. Masonic no no but I'm saying I, I have one that's I didn't know Haynes flat. had Masonic you can get, underwear? I don't know you can get underwear with Masonic symbols on it that's pretty cool Rocco don't tell Phil hey Rocco oh, hey Rocco guess what <laughs> guess guess what Rocco I chose you yeah. <laughs> I know where I'm go- I'm just gonna disappear then that's a good point too, because there's a lot of brothers, especially I know a couple fifty-year masons that just don't wear. Well, maybe they wear their rings, but they're subdued rings. They don't put a lot yeah. of light on their car. There's no masonic badges on their car. Maybe they don't wear the lapel rings. It's not because they're not proud of being masons. I think it's because of the old it's school the generation. The generation. Yeah. Now, me, I, I again, you know, and this is why I hold started. I did this whole podcast and everything is because you know, we've seen a decline in membership. 
And I'll tell you, we got actually, I think, more non-Masons looking to join Masonry that listen to this. That's wonderful, Dan. It's fucking awesome. I knew you'd like that one. Spaghetti and meatballs and steaks. <laughs> oh, my God. All I that pasta. It. The Jeez. ravioli fucking last pasta. Yeah. Um, ravioli for breakfast. That's it, man. You got to go. He's cracking a can of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> Rocco, I told you I chose you, so you might want to be careful. Um, but, but anyway, back on the main thing. <laughs> gonna get ugly up here i'm telling you yep, i know it, it happens about the 45 minute mark we're only at 29 about 45 minute mark shit starts going downhill right. but <laughs> and that's a little but anyway that back on the main that's why i started this whole podcast is because we're seeing a major decline in freemasonry and i think it's part of the problem is you know again we have the fucking illuminati brotherhood <laughs> bullshit you know putting their shit on the internet and it, half the problem is, is that, you know, they're pulling people away from what real Freemasonry is. And that's why I kind of went after them. And I don't give a shit. Come, come fucking find me because I got threatened by them. And I'll get into that later. Maybe that might be the after hours. But uh, I got threatened by them, which is fine. Fuck you. Come find me. Um, right here in Seymour. Right here. <laughs> But what they're doing is they're tainting what they are. You're basically all these conspiracy theorists and people who come out and say, oh, you're all fucking devil worshippers. You're just justifying what the fuck they're saying, and it's not even us. It's some poser-ass people trying to get money from it, you know? But So, uh, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. Basically talking, I just went out of fire. We were talking about Masonic rings, brother Masonic George. Masonic rings. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Yeah. Next, Next question. question. These fuckers put me, they get me in a fucking whirlwind. Then I lose my time, I lose my brain. And then now, it's funny, you know You know what it is, Wild, though? I will say. About, back on Rocco's Masonic no, underwear. About two days ago, Let, I actually had a guy at work approach me, because I have a tattoo of a square compass, and I was in a t-shirt, and he approached me. Hey, what? what's that? Oh, yeah, so you, so you know about the Illuminati shit, huh? You think that's real? And I'm just, it's one of those where it does seem to just it, be right? the general consensus. Everybody who doesn't oh, know, know, you know, who knows a tiny bit, knows all the shit. I just, I just, tell, I just ask them if they're going to vote for me in the next presidential election. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love when non-Masons, you know, approach us and tell us exactly what Masonry is about. Well, that's where he's, <laughs> so you don't believe in the conspiracy? I'm like, it's not real. Like, I, I, I am a Mason, and... It's you not know, there. The whole thing, and you would, you would think they would think, See, man, maybe other, it's a little offensive if I walk up question, to this guy who clearly is in, involved enough in Freemasonry to get a tattoo, and yeah. maybe I just no, and make no, fun of sir, him. No, it was one Why of those people where think, it did. It what was, I tell people all the time is, is if you really want to know, just ask one. Just go to a lodge and go talk to them. If well, you really, where, do you think they're just going to shine their light on you and you're going to go to dust? I mean, come on. <laughs> that's it. My what, magical power. Right. I just don't get it. It's like if you... Instead well, there's of the behind the keyboard. The, coin, the other side of the coin is like, okay, yeah, they're gonna melt into dust, but no, no, they're gonna get rich. Oh they're yeah, gonna, they, yeah, they're oh, gonna. Yeah, but who's know, scared to get rich? If you're, no, they're, 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 they're gonna find power. Was what? How high of a degree are you? And I just, it's one of those exact same things. It's like you have no idea what you're talking about. To ask me a question, well, how high of it? Well, I'm what are you master, talking about? There's 360 degrees of yeah, Freemason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm a master mason. I, I made it to the third degree. 
Oh, just the third one? That's just all you third? That's Man, all you made it to? You're low level, like, bro. You're just uh, cannon yeah, fodder. Like, oh, you cannon oh, fodder. Say, wait, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. Said, Charge wait, the you cannons. You won't get the secrets. You won't get the secrets yeah, until you, you hit the 30. Ones, th- yeah. Like, shut up. The 360-degree the three hundred of Freemasonry is where it really is. And at what so point do you get bored of the conversation? Oh, I walked away. That's exactly At a certain point, I was just, you know. I don't engage. That's all I do. I go, right, right. Okay. Yeah, I'll talk. Talk to you later. I'll see you later. Convinced already, like there's no convincing them because it's like I can't tell you anything because you already know everything. So all right, let's move on from this. I usually just say I'm a master and and move on. That's it. I'm a master. Speaking of moving on, let's move on to the next one. Next question: Tips on learning ritual. Now we got. I don't know how you are, uh, worship brother Ken. With ritual, I know Perry's a fucking ritual guru. Ah, Pat's okay. a ritual guru. Guru. Yeah, the two of you fucking came in pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. the both of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mediocre. I do all right. I'm, I do all right. You guys, yeah, you okay. guys practice a lot. George, of don't. Yeah, you're not that great. Really, <laughs> really. See Perry's secret. Perry's secret. Was that sarcasm? Practices a shit ton. And that that's you know what that's key. What mm-hmm. what how what makes me very good at my proficiency is practice, practice, practice. I'm talking countless amounts of hours. Of practice. Every time when I'm driving home from work, all I Fucker. do is practice ritual. You know. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I got I got my practice, and Perry, brother Perry, helped me out a lot when I became an EA. And he told me, it's like, listen, you can memorize songs. You know, they're five minute songs. You know them word for word. You can recite a whole album in your head. It's like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing. If just, you, yeah. just read it and know it, and just memorize it like a song, and and it's worked. I found the ritual part of it. The way I learned it is, again, I didn't have anybody to help me. I, I had to pretty much do it on my own. And I would talk to myself in the mirror. That was my thing, was I would go home, talk to myself in the mirror, and or I would listen to, I would recite it to myself in the car. And what I would do is I would learn it, the what I was saying, if, I, if it was a question, I would learn the question and the answer. So I was having a conversation with myself. Yep. Now... The thing with ritual is this. You can know ritual. You could know that book back to front until you actually get up there to do it. And you yep. go, totally I am right there with you. That's have, exactly what happened. I have gone full-blown, completely vapor lock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Many yeah. times. As a matter of fact, it happened at uh, Cyrene. We had our uh, Order of the Temple. And I have to do a, pla- uh, a flag presentation, which is uh, basically you... you recite about the United States flag and it's a whole beautiful piece and I fucking cheese dicked it oh come on I've never done it before I've never done it before oh really so I've never done it before that's in your wheelhouse I can't believe you've never done that before I've never done that one before uh, by memory I've I've read it before when it needed to be read Uh, that's a beautiful ceremony too the flag presentation the commanderies it was and I've never done it before. I got up there and I knew the words. And the minute I started spewing, I was done. Lost it. And then once I lost it, now I get into my head where I'm pissed off at myself that I fucked it up. And then I, now I'm fucking up the rest of it. And now I'm even more pissed off. And it, it, so ritual is great to learn, but you have to, and my, my advice would be learn the words, perfect the words. Once you learn and perfect the words, then do it in front of a buddy. Do yeah. it in front of a brother. Yeah. Because it's much more different when you have an audience than it is yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's just... Definitely. Every time that I um, 
that I when I have to learn something, I will learn it by myself, and then I go see Brother Patrick, and I'll be like, same, same. And, and, you know, and you then well, you started like that because I remember you meeting me at job sites in the morning. Yeah. Hey man, can we? Dude, I'm wor- I'm working on the same job. Can we can we go like 20 minutes early to work <laughs> just so I can run through real quick? I think I got it, but I just want to run through. Yeah. And this was him learning his uh, my EA. Obli- yeah, the yeah. obligation. That's important because a lot of the ritual yeah. that we do, you can't practice it with your wife. You can't practice. You can't practice it with uh, <laughs> somebody just threw a snowball. Yeah, in the window so there's George. a snowball that just bounced off the fucking window. It's Fucking Rafferty outside, oh, and he fired a snowball at the window. <laughs> Pour some hey, boiling oil on it. Right I would have oh died. God. What a giant dick. <laughs> nice shot, though. That so was th- a good shot, because if that window that wasn't there, it would have hit you. Yeah, that's it would have <laughs> That is actually perfect. He I am super glad I face. shut that window about <laughs> 10 minutes ago. That would have actually made it a little uh, better. So, see, shot. this is the shit that we have to deal with up here. I know. Yeah, so, but... So, <laughs> right, so... We, we, so we can't okay if you're an actor or something like that you can rehearse your part with whoever happens to be around we can't rehearse with just anybody no right. yeah you, you, you have need to another brother, brother to bounce stuff off of I agree so there's many ways to learn ritual and practice ritual and the way I again the way I learned it is to I break it up in chunks I'll do paragraph paragraph yes paragraph and then after I do that paragraph the, the last paragraph, I'll go back to the beginning again. Mm-hmm. And yep. then I'll reset it again. Exactly. You build it up. So, you, yeah, you learn the first learn two, chunks. then you learn the second two, and then you connect them together. Oh, yeah. You'll right. spend and a whole you... week, you'll memorize the whole thing, and then you'll stand up in front of Lodge, and you just go blind. <laughs> that's my <laughs> advice. Memorize it, and then do it in front of somebody. I, I learn it in really... order. I learn it, you know, one right after. The, I don't try to split it up. I just go, like, straight for it. And I'll just keep going. Even if I screw it up, I'll just screw it up all the way to the end and then start back over. Now, this also falls in the lodges, too. Because lodges that don't rehearse... Don't their degrees good, look yeah, like do, shit. Yeah, do well, that's what I'm saying. That's because as much as you got to talk, yeah. you got to move about that lodge. Yeah, you yeah. got to do. If you movements. can get your you gotta... officers there before the degree to run through rehearsals. We've always found it works right. better. All the officers together. Right. Yeah, it's 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 definitely important to to get with your brothers and practice within lodge because, like uh, George said, you know, as a senior deacon, you have to know where to step and how to conduct and. Right. You know, even as a warden, you know, you have to know when to step down, you know, when to knock. And there, there's a lot to it. And you could practice all you want in, in my car, but sitting in the lodge room and actually doing it is, is very different. Right. Mm-hmm. And speaking to that also, I mean, practicing ritual, if you want brothers to interact with you, you know, you you got to ask them. No one's going to come to you and if they know their ritual and say, hey, listen, I know this. You want to practice? I do. I mean, <laughs> Perry, I've always tried to do that. Perry, you know, I've always gone to Perry and said, Perry, come on, let's practice. I need to practice. Can you listen to this? Let, let mm-hmm. me know what you think. Where am I? You know, stuff like that. You got to want to do it. You got to show. I mean, a brother that doesn't want to learn the ritual isn't, you're just not going to be attentive to them because you could tell, you know, you could really tell when someone's practicing and when someone's not practicing. Well, sure, Brother Ken, have you ever heard the Canadian charge? The Canadian I, charge. I the Canadian charge of a master mason. No, I've never heard it. Ooh. Perry. On Perry. April 6th, we're doing a master mason degree up here. Okay. And Perry, I, Perry asked me for the ritual. I gave it to him, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, this was a while back. The Canadian Perry charge is mm-hmm. awesome. And it's one of these unique things that they, nobody else To does. my knowledge, we are one of the very few lodges that actually do it, and it is phenomenal. 
Now, is that okay with uh, Grand Lodge? They're not here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can edit that bit out. At, at the quarry degree? They did do it at they the quarry did, degree. Oh, okay, the quarry, then it's probably right. fine. I think you could still do it. Um, you should also probably do our... You can do the charge. standard charge, Our too. standard well, charge. we do, do the standard charge, too. This fucking mic we don't, When I was down. raised, we, we did both. Oh, no, you weren't there, so we didn't even do yeah, the Canadian charge. Yes, you did, because right. uh, McGuire did it. McGuire. Because I, I let him... You let him. I'm going to try to come up for that. While we're on the subject of things that you can write down, this Saturday, we are having our lodge rededication. Yeah. Where we are marching from... You, are, you already stopped writing it down, so you got something going on. Uh, unfortunately, I know a couple of my brothers that are going to that. Our uh, district deputy and AGM for District 3B are members of our lodge. Marty they McCary. were torn too. They're yep. They're coming down here mm-hmm. for the lodge rededica- rededication. Unfortunately, I called a special communication, which we almost never do on Saturdays to try to get some brothers that either don't drive at night. We're doing it during the day. It's like during a time meeting. meeting. Nice. So unfortunately, you know, you, you pick a random date that's not your lodge date, and it's yeah. like you're you're screwing somebody up. That's fine. I'll tell you what, though. You're gonna I would have find, liked to come and see that. You're going to have one hell of a turnout on a Saturday. I'm telling you. I'm Saturdays, so. I'm in so. my, at least in my opinion, are the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Because you're not getting people coming out of work like, oh, it's a fucking meeting. Yep. Yeah. We do it on Saturdays again for the second shift Sikorsky. And I don't know, how many active members do you have roughly at a, any given meeting in your lodge? Uh, I'd say anywhere from 25 to 30, depending on the so degree. So you're basically where we are. Yeah, that's a full lodge. Yep. Now, mind you, if it's a third Thursday meeting, mm-hmm. we'll have a drop. But yeah. on Saturdays, okay. we'll have we'll have more. Yeah, so, yeah, like if it's an average of 20, we'll see 15, 16 on a Thursday. And then on Saturday, we'll see 24. Yeah. That's 25. Awesome. 25. I'm we hoping, had up to 30 at one point. Yeah. Like, but I'm hoping I, we see something like we that. We see it. We definitely see a fluctuation. Especially, again, we have a bunch of the second shift guys that yeah. when Thank they can't make the Thursdays. Yep. And if they are making the Thursdays, they're, they're cutting into their own pockets. Yeah. yeah. So by the way, I'm this shit is delicious, by the way. The Knob, Knob Creek. Knob Creek. Creek. Does anyone else's awesome. cannons need to be charged? I might need to charge my cannons. My cannons. Let's charge these cannons. So what do you got for the next question, George? Poor Rocco's looking we very We are proposing a ghost. If, if the cannons are being charged. <laughs> I've got a little bit more on learning ritual. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Oh, go ahead. Fire away. Yeah. So, um, when I was a kid. You're the guest. You could just tell us all to shut the fuck up. That's fine. I'm not going to do that. I don't know if you guys had to go through the same pain that I did when I was a child, but did you ever have to learn Shakespearean soliloquies? A couple times. Heart, I, I've, I've had, I've had to rehearse it a couple times. They tried to make me. I dropped yeah, out of school see. at six years old. Oh, okay. It shows. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a tattoo that says wow. Born to Kill. <laughs> no, they, they whipped so out Shakespeare that, and sure. George ran. Yeah. Ran for the hills. Now, I don't Shake know. what. <laughs> if you're anything like me, you, you hated it, you despised it, you... I mean, I, I got through it, but I hated it, and I told myself, you know what? No career that requires me to rote memorize anything is ever going to be for me. Hold on one second. If I may, I'm going to blow all your fucking minds. I'm ready. Cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Mm-hmm. See? I know she just looked that up on his phone. Don't want to lie. Why? Where's my phone? It's upside down over uh, here. He, he just put it there. Stop <laughs> it. I actually love that. That was in uh, Julius Caesar. That was the play. A2 Brute. A2 Brute, yeah. Of course, I was going to pick that one out of the sky. (laughs) A2 Brute, he just threw the fucking snowball, that son of a bitch. (laughs) 
And he didn't even come up here. All right, Shakespeare. Rafferty. All right, so that was so I never thought I was going to be any good at ritual. Um, Harmony really, really prides itself on its ritual work, and there are a lot of lodges in Connecticut that you know, I'm, right. you guys are one of them, and it's a lot to live up to. So when I was first raised, I was like, eh, ritual is like impressive. I was impressed by the brothers that were doing it for my degrees, but I was like, I wish I could do that. I don't think I'm ever going to be the kind of guy who can do that. My advice, if you feel like I do and you're a new brother in your lodge, I would say the first thing you can do is talk to your ritual coach if you have a ritual coach at your lodge. If you don't, talk to a past master or one of the other brothers that you've seen do ritual for your degrees and get them to give you some advice. The other thing I would say, and George mentioned this, is if, you, if you're doing a two-part lecture, if you're doing a steward's lecture or what we call the first section lecture in any of the degrees, and it's two parts where two people are talking back and forth. Yep. Learn both parts. You have to. Oh, you do have to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Learn both because parts. Easiest way to do even it. Even though I will say, the only bad part about that is if one person mixes up and you're waiting in your head for that word to prompt mm-hmm. your next line, it does affect both people. Yep. I also find it helps, though, because no, if, if they are messing up, you can kind of lip it to them. Like, 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 hey, listen, yeah. you know, and that's what I was just about to say, because there's been so many times where two people are doing a lecture together, and what happens is the other person will fuck up their side, and if you don't know their side, you're fucked. You're, you're yep. losing your word, and that's yes. it. You're done. Yeah. So, and you it's also to learn both sides. The worst thing I, I absolutely hate using prompters. It's my thing. Mm. I hate using prompters. It's tough to take a prompter. I, I it's really it's is. tough. It, to me, it's a, it's a it's a pride thing. Like yeah, to, absolutely, to actually absolutely, I like beat myself up over it if I miss a oh, word. Oh yeah, if I have to say a word, it's like I'm like Ugh. Dan. You've been a pretty much our, our. Oh, I've been the prompter. You've yeah. been. Have you? Have I ever needed a prompt from you? Ever? No. And and you want to know what's funny? And this is the reason I think we do need practices is I can remember twice and they were both during practices because you yelled at everybody and were, you wanted to go over a master speech because it's coded right. in the book. Right. And you went over it and twice in that speech you looked mm-hmm. at me and were like, damn. And you looked at me, but when you actually did... I'm not talking about rehearsal now. That's I'm why I say about... we talk about practice. Yeah, no, about, no, no, no. I'm talking, talking about, about an actual degree. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever needed a prompt. The only, no. Yes, no, that's a lie. I did need a prompt after that son of a Wait, bitch, Gary, Gary Tucci, oh, yeah. fucking sabotaged me, that nope. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know I needed a prompter once, and it, it was it, it hurt. Yeah, it's it hurt. painful. That's tough. I mean, it's, it's really not something that you can rehearse for if you have to take a prompt. Like sometimes, and then you got to do the look of shame where you look yeah, back on your shirt like, like Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I was saying the the EA charge during our inspection, and I just like completely blanked out, and I was just like, I just like looked at. I think Gary was the prompt, and I just looked at him, I was like, and he was just like gave me the word. I'm like. And I just like kept going. I did good, but hey, I just well, gotta say this. I just gotta say this real quick though. Every time Perry talks, I just I'm, I love that fucking badass shirt you got on. Thank you. The OG <laughs> a nice ride or die shirt. I'm, I'm rocking. It came in the mail. <laughs> nice. Rocking the the gear. The Freemason yeah, podcast sure. shirt. I like it. So, all right. Do so, we got anything uh, on ritual, or we want to move on to something I got a else? A little bit more. All right. Keep oh, firing away. Nice. All right. So um, I think I mean we've covered pretty much everything. You guys are awesome with ritual obviously because you you hit all the high points you know when you're starting out learn your ritual one word at a time one sentence at a time one paragraph and then build up on it from there yep so if you've got a three paragraph lecture you have to memorize 
you know, do the first few words, then memorize the next few, and make sure that you're going through the entire thing from the beginning up to the point that you memorized each time until you get that entire lecture memorized. And if I may, yeah. don't fucking paraphrase. No. There's nothing yeah. worse that pisses oh, me off man. than when somebody throws an extra word in there. Our rituals pretty much somewhat modernized but there's also some words that are not modernized they're old english archaic, I think. yeah archaic yeah yeah and there's nothing worse than when somebody takes an archaic word and fucking changes it to something modern it just drives me fucking Super but those are those are the words that the people who know ritual are looking for yeah correct right you know it's yeah. like there, there's yeah. certain lines where i'm like okay i know that this is a line that i would have trouble with all right ball busting segment for a while there, we have this thing in our ritual where we talk about how we will divest our minds and consciousness of all of the superfluities of life. Superfluities. Superfluities. Vices and superfluities. Ryan. Oh, boy. Yeah. When he was doing the ritual, when he down. was doing the steward, he called it super butterflies. Oh. And let me fucking tell you, he caught living hell. Now, mind you, I used to do something, too. And actually, the Grandmaster now, Marshall Robinson was here as a district deputy when I did it. And I kept calling it Mason Tree. <laughs> Mason really? And he yes. stopped Mason in the tree, middle yeah. of it, smiled and said, I can't wait to go home and plant my Mason Tree. <laughs> <laughs> and I caught fucking hell for that. So he's not, Ryan's not the only one. And I, I've never disclosed that to any of you motherfuckers. So there you go. Mason tree. <laughs> I kept All calling right. it Mason Tree and I call hell for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Marshall about that next time. Ask him. Him. ask him. He might not remember, but he definitely Ryan's did. Ryan's got another catchphrase. I, I I can't think of it. Super right butterflies. Now. No, super that butterflies. one is another one. the best one. That's the, like, that's the one he's famous for. There was like, not a dry what? eye in that lodge when he called it a super butterfly. It was fucking hilarious. Oh my god, <laughs> brother. So Ken, I would, continue on. So I would say, you know, once you've got that lecture memorized, I'd say. Same as you said, George, if you've got a long commute, I've got a 35-minute to and from work each day. Right. Three or four days before a degree, I rehearse that as many times as I can until I get to work and back from work. Now, I usually... If I may, do not be reading the book while you're fucking driving. No, no, I do not condone that behavior at all. This is after you already have it memorized. It's already in your head. All you're doing is rehearsing. That's part for the course in 2019. If you haven't seen a guy sitting at a stoplight eating a soup, soup. (laughs) that's true. So we don't look that crazy if we're just like, you know, talking to ourselves in our vehicles. But Let let me also just say. Uh, one of the tricks that I do for the car, while we're talking about the car, you're talking about learning the ritual in the car. Yep. Here's a cool trick. What I do is I read it out of the book and I put it on my phone mm-hmm. in, this, in the voice recorder. And I'll actually read the ritual. Yep, I do that too. And then on the, on the voice recorder. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll leave the book at home and I will put my earbuds in with my phone and I will just replay it. And then what I do is after I played it five, six, seven, eight times... I will actually start saying it with the recording. Right, like I'm right. repeating the recording as it. it's going. Yep. And that was actually extremely helpful. I, I do see, the same you thing. T- you told never me tried that, that early, probably my EA or fellow craft, and I told every single EA. That's yeah. one of the main ways that I tell people. It works very well. It yeah. does, especially you're hearing your own voice. And one of the main things you said is you record it and then you pause it. So like, if you're doing the questions, you do the question, the answer, mm-hmm. and then report pause it so that you can repeat that off of memory 
instead of just going through it. Plus, right. you get your flow and your intonations well, down. Right. The once cadence. you get that, that yep. that solidifies it in your head and it helps recall. It kind of screws you at the end though, because if someone someone has a different cadence than you do, you kind of you kind of mm. almost like jump the gun sometimes, like. Yeah. So in a former life, I was um, I have my undergrad de- degree in psychology, which is a little weird because I'm a software engineer. Right. Warshaw um, brother Ken is smart. No, 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 it has nothing to do with that. It's, it's a whole other story that I'm not going to get into here. But I do remember a couple things from psychology. And one of the things that I remembered was context-dependent recall. And what that means is when you're encoding memories, when you're memorizing something, all right, if your brain is in a particular physiological state or if you're in a particular environment, later on, at whatever time you're recalling that memory, if your brain is in the same physiological state or if you're in the same environment, you're going to recall it more easily. <laughs> okay. So what so, you're saying is take like three or four shots before. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to come out. I'm just I, I, saying. Somehow I knew this was going to come up. So it doesn't really work that well in college if you're <laughs> drinking while you're like studying for an exam. <laughs> And then you take a couple pops before you go to your 9 a.m. exam. There are other problems that are going to hinder your recall there. But it works for pretty much everything else. Um, and one of our, actually one of my psychology professors told us, hey, if you're drinking a lot of coffee when you're studying, make sure you're caffeinated as hell when you come in here and you take that exam. It's going to help you. Oh, sure. And it does. Yeah, and the reason I that I think this applies to Freemasonry is once you have that memorized, like you could be, you know, a king. You, 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 you've got all of your ritual down when you're driving to and from work, it's not going to be the same as when you're performing in front of everybody in an open lodge. Hmm. So my, my last piece of advice is once you get that down and you think you have it dead nuts and you're not going to take a prompt no matter what, go up into your lodge room, go into the same place where you're going to stand or where you're going to be walking around delivering your ritual and recall it. Huh. And do it multiple times until you're doing it as well as you do it in your car. Wow. Idea. That is that's, that's a great that's idea. Awesome. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna drop it when you're in open watch. That's when you do that vapor lock thing, and you got to look over and do the look of shame over to your ritual coach. What well, one thing that I also um, that I think will help with ritual it, it's is signing up for it, just taking on a part in the ritual itself. It just the bare necessity to have to perform is what actually helps me learn it because. Me having to learn something and me having to learn it because I know that I'm going to be presenting it is two different totally aspects of my mind. So I kind of feel like if I know I have to learn it, it's more like I have to. You know, like I told my brothers I'm going to learn it. And if you don't, you know, they're going to look at you like, why didn't you learn it? It's funny you should say that, Perry, because actually one of the one of my favorite lectures to do is a second section EA lecture. Oh, man, I, no, I'm just gonna, I, did, I did the second, actual, second uh, lecture. Lecture. Yeah. That's an awesome, awesome lecture. It's so powerful. When I was junior deacon, the master at the time came to me and said, hey, you know, we have a couple brothers in the lodge that do it. And he's like, oh, brother Joe's not going to be here for the degree in two weeks. Can you do second section EA? And I'm like, sure, I got you. You know, because he saw how I did the the stewards lectures and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I should be able to do this, whatever. And then as I'm, you know, before I go home, at the end of the night, we're all sitting around drinking beers, and I'm going through the ritual book, and I'm like... Flip a page. Flip, flip yeah. a page. Page, page, page two. Yeah. Page three. Oh, shit. Right? So, I mean, I had two weeks. But you know what? I learned it in two weeks. And that's... Good for you. In, in, it's in awesome. Fairness, well, that's where that pressure you're under comes pressure. in. Helps. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Perry. Like, it's pressure will nature. help you learn that it's ritual. human nature. Yeah. Have we... Uh, 
I think well, we... I'm, I'm a firm proponent of trial by fire. You know, that's right. how we learn things as Masons. Have we beaten the ritual thing? Yep. Yeah. All right, we've pretty much. Next. Let's move well, on. Wait, I got. Just <laughs> Babysitters. Challenge coins. How did they start? Where did they come from? Why do we have them? Did anybody do any homework on challenge coins? I did a small amount. Um, so challenge coins actually, they they mainly started in our modern era in World War One, where. Um, there was a group of pilots, I'm not exactly informed on the situation, but a group of pilots came together, they made a squadron, and one of the lieutenants made a coin with the, the emblem of their squadron patch calling and gave the coin as a, um, like a token to say, you know, we're all group. There was actually, um, they also say that in the Roman era, they would pay their soldiers and they would give them coins, you know, so like when they went to war, they got they got five gold coins in payment. Yeah. And what they did was, um, if they were really good in battle, they gave them an extra coin. And this coin had the the seal of uh, Julius Caesar on it, and it was um, it was supposed to be a little extra coin where they could use it for money, but it, it they were supposed to hold on to as momentum to say, you know, like I was good in battle, and not and they basically made it a little nicer so they didn't spend it on wine and women. But when it comes into Freemasonry, um, I think it stems off of the World War One chain, where it went into the military and into Freemasonry. What Challenge Coins basically are is it's just a way of saying that you are a part of an organization or a fraternity, and it's a way to semi-prove, not prove, but you could say, like, hey, I'm a brother and I have, I have my Challenge Coin. What, what people would do is they would go to the bar. And you would sit at a bar and you'd be like, oh, you're a Freemason. <laughs> Me too. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, no problem. I have my challenge coin right here. Do you? And if they don't have a challenge coin, the respectful thing is the guy, the brother who doesn't have the challenge coin would buy the other guy oh, a beer. But this, this also go into soldiers too. information to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I so I, I, I actually carry my challenge coin everywhere I go. I keep it in my wallet. Um, my challenge coin was actually given to me. Uh, through uh, Brother Chip, actually. He made a bunch of coins, and it's... The police it's, coin. It's the police yeah. coin, so that's why I keep it in my wallet. So if I get, you know, pulled over and God forbid something happens... No, I would never pull it out. I would never pull it out. But if I if I was in the back of the cop car yeah, and they saw right. it, you know what? Maybe they won't give me the nickel ride. He's going to use it as a weapon. <laughs> He's going to throw it at the cop. No. Never. I, I would never use my Masonic, um, my Masonic fraternity to get me out of something I did wrong. Right. Wrong. Uh, and I'll explain why. Dennis Burns sent me a whole package from Upon the Point of Challenge Coins. And if it's talking about buying drinks at the bar, I will dump the whole fucking box out on the <laughs> counter to make sure it's somebody else's paying for it. I'll have like 3,000 all of the Challenge Coins he gave me. So you're losing. Somebody's paying for my drinks. Well, just to let you know, the respectful thing is to then buy the other brother a drink back. Which we'd probably all do anyway. Yeah. Except for maybe George. I'll fucking leave. I'll fucking leave. Drink your beer and dine and dash. You dirty dog. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette, guys. I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go smoke a cigarette. I'll be right back. My turn comes around. Wait, where's George? Oh, I think we went for a smoke. Went for a smoke. He'll disappear like like Warshaw Master Ryan and Phil the other night. They just were here one minute and then go on the next. I have no idea. Yeah, we have a we have a systemic issue in our lodge where uh, during the break in a degree, um, 
our Tyler and, uh, well, maybe not our Tyler. The guy who sits outside with the Tyler and a couple other brothers in the lodge will uh, be texting each other. And then all of a sudden they'll be at Spartans. <laughs> Spartans down in Waterbury. And then uh, after the degree, we'll be like, oh, hey, where'd they go? And then I'll text one of them. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we were down at Spartans. That's all. Awesome. After the first half. That's funny. All right. Challenge don't coins. disappear at all. <laughs> challenge coins are very cool. Uh, I think uh, challenge coins are, are more of a showpiece than anything. Absolutely. And again, I, bought, I bought three of them from upon the point. That they're nice. They are nice, nice, aren't they? They are really I think nice. you got the you same ones I have. I, what? You got them? I, I didn't bring them with me. But no, but you... I you, did. I got the um, Chamber of Reflection, the mm-hmm. Two Riders, and the Gadsden. The Two Riders one, which is the Templar, is it's it looks like an old yeah, it does. Templar yeah, coin. It feels like it, too. Yeah, it it's like freaking it. really freaking cool. I, I should have brought them to show you. I, I totally forgot. We gotta get a shadow box so we can mount them on the wall. That's what I yes, want to do. When, when George told me about the photo, he didn't mention the topic, so I, I didn't bring. Of course, it. Yeah, he, I didn't bring mine. He either. calls me at work. I'm like standing by a lathe trying to talk to the manager there. It's like this is what I need from you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need a stroller, some cardboard. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, yeah. George. Okay. Don't worry, so boss. Gonna, it's Freemason you're, stuff. You're gonna make yeah, it, yeah, right? Don't worry, boss. Was I in speakerphone? No. Oh, God. Could you imagine I've been joking speakerphone? about this shit all day. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm talking to him. I look at the phone. I'm like, I, I got to take this. Rock <laughs> every so, other Every other text from George, every, like, you know, fourth text is some ridiculous, crazy-ass request. request. <laughs> like, I need a tub of Vaseline, three toothpicks, and... A nine iron. You know, a nine iron. Like, what the fuck do you Trust me. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, trust me. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Like, what the fuck? So, George, I don't know anything about challenge coins, but I did happen to have one for... Uh, the Freemasons podcast. So if you guys wow. do get a shadow box or something up on the wall to, That's my plan. to show off uh, trinkets that your guests bring, I have here a Masonic temple in Waterbury challenge coin. Wow. Um, on the front, it shows the original Masonic temple in Waterbury, which is now part of the Mattituck Museum, um, which was dedicated on May 23rd, 1914. And on the back, it shows all of the, uh, the symbols of all the different Masonic bodies that shared that building. Wow. It's an older challenge coin. I don't know what That's the provenance cool. of that is, but it's definitely uh, either copper or brass. It's an older one. That's one That's hell of awesome. a case that it's in, too. Yeah, it's a little heavy duty. Yeah, take it out of the case. Get your I, fingerprints all over no. it. Yeah. <laughs> Stay my right guess, where my guess being is. Waterbury, it, you know, I brass. would hope it's brass. brass. I would yep. hope it's brass. It's almost definitely brass. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, all Waterbury, right. the brass city, it's got to yep. be. Yep. It's heavy, too. Wow, this is really nice. Next topic. Let's move on to the next question. What... YouTube documentaries would you recommend? I'm going to go with Carly Franz. <laughs> Carly Franz. Watch out for the babysitters. I was going to say none. Babysitters. YouTube documentaries. What type of YouTube documentaries would you recommend for to to learn more about Freemasons? So I've got one that's pretty good. Okay. This is vetted by an actual Freemason. Um, it's called Freemasonry and the Fabric of America. Oh, wow. It's done by a former governor of Wisconsin. Um, the gentleman's name, I don't remember. I don't think I actually wrote it down here. But if you do a search on YouTube for Freemasonry and the Fabric of America, um, he talks a little bit about the history of America and uh, some of the Freemasons that you know were involved in the, the founding and the, uh, the birthing of our country. And it's a really, really, he's, he's so eloquent. Mm. It's a really, really well done. And this guy's, I mean, it's not, 
it's not a chopped up thing. He's actually giving a speech, I think, at a, a Scottish Rite event. And it's it's not re-edited. Yep, that's the one. That's Freemasonry, oh, wow. the Fabric of America. I'm going to save it right now. Um, it's it got later. a white-haired gentleman, and he's wearing kind of like a, a tan-colored coat and a, you know, a red, red blazer underneath. Um, I would say check that out. It's about 30 minutes long, and it's well worth the watch. One of our uh, right worshipful brother, Dave Sharkis, who's a member of our lodge, shows that video at our George Washington dinner that we do every year, and I thought it was really well done. Unfortunately, with YouTube, you got to be real fucking careful because some documentaries will start off like they're very Masonic, Masonic and intelligent. And then when they start talking about anything Illuminati, shut it the fuck off. And they call it, then they start talking about, you know, UFOs and shit. Yeah, yeah they start getting three fucking minutes crazy. In, Stonehenge. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's uh, crap. Again, that falls <laughs> into, same. some things will fall into an esoteric one. One of the good ones that I have seen was actually, if you type in Hermes Trismegistus, and the esoteric. Yeah. Wait, God bless yeah. you. you want to spell that? Just type that in. God, God bless Say you, George. Gesundheit. 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 Yeah, he does. He does this shit every once in a while. He's the like, hermetic. Oh, you fuckers! Go ahead, I'm waiting. The hermetic. Hermie. Don't worry, Hermes. I'll wait. <laughs> da, na, 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 na. Dun, Rocco, da, da, I might dun, move dun, my attention dun, off dun. of you and back on to the fucking Italian over here. It's actually it's a the esoteric. You still didn't say the name again. Yeah, what was? How the are these people? Can I be fucking able to finish? Please. May I fucking finish? <laughs> it's Freemasonry, and if you type in Freemasonry, uh, Hermetism or Hermetic, oh, fuck, it's I'll have to look it up. Give me a second. Herpes. There you go. Go on, you bitches. <laughs> yeah. Freemasonry, Hermetic, Hermeticism. Jesus Christ! It actually is right here. Pennsylvania Academy of Masonic Knowledge, ten twenty-eight. 2017. Freemasonry as a hermetic philosophy. Up your ass, bitches. I was on the right fucking path. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit of Knob Creek in, and uh, I'm working on it, all right? I don't know what that word salad was before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Hermeticism. Like, I thought we were say, all getting STDs. Can't you just say <laughs> hermetic order? Like, can't you just say that? Because I was trying to explain. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out what the name of the video was. That's what I was trying to. I don't know. It, heard like, it sounded like triglycerides or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Something that came out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm good right now. I'm waiting. We My jokes are like a fucking uh, are like a revolver. I gotta load a couple in before I freaking start firing away. They're but... like a fine cheese anytime. <laughs> How are the cannons? Anyone need to be charged? Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Are we, we charged? We're, we're ready for a toast. Right? I don't know. We're ready for a toast. I'm a uh, I think uh, I think Al Borland over here to my left is fucking. <laughs> you like that, right? Because Rocco's Al wearing Borland. a fucking flannel shirt. He looks like Al Borland from Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah, Home from Improvement. Home Improvement. I know the millennials won't know what that is though. No, they wouldn't. It's not on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Promoted enough. Why not? That's what I want to know. Jesus Christ. The cannons are charged. Wilson. Awesome. Wilson. Wilson? Wilson was the man. Wilson was the man. All right. <laughs> this is going to have to go to after hours real fucking quick. We got two more questions, god damn it. Now we can fuck around whatever. Masonic books. What's your favorite Masonic book? What would you recommend? 
The ritual book? Yeah, the ritual book. <laughs> yes, the Grand Lodge Sorry. of Connecticut ritual book. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Know I, it, learn I it, love it. I haven't done much Masonic reading. <laughs> I got a couple books, actually. Do you? There are, there's quite a few good ones. There's quite a few good ones. One of the, again, it's a very, very tough read. Very tough read. You got, it takes a couple times to, to actually, there's words you're going to have to look up. It's very, very tough to read. And I'll explain. It's in very old English, an old way of talking. And it's kind of a little bit here, there, kind of everywhere. But Morals and Dogma is a great book. It actually talks about the three degrees of Blue Lodge Masonry and then gets into esoteric the degrees thing. of Scottish Rite. Yeah. Very, very esoteric. And I swear Albert to Pike. God, it doesn't say anything about fucking Lucifer or how we're all devil worshippers or baby killers or babies. You referenced this book on Sonic Babysitters. On one of the other ones, didn't you? On one a of couple the other, of them that I read. referenced this book. Freemasonry for Dummies. Is actually a very good one. It's called Freemasonry Dummies. It's a is very it good from one. From the like for yeah dummies, for dummies yeah it is. Uh, yep, whatever yep. Dummy. it's actually very good. Okay. It, as much as you look at it, you're like Freemasonry for Dummies. Uh, well, those books are I've got very a very bunch good. Of different of the dog. I think I Dan got, got his electrical license. Two of the dog trainers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. The author of Freemasonry for double uh, for Dummies actually uh, runs a blog. Mm. His name escapes me often, but he his uh, posts do float around a lot on our Where's Facebook page. Fact check Rocco when you fucking need yeah, him. Fact check Rocco. He's just over here looking like he's not even doing it. I'm just look like he's over here ready to cut down a fucking tree right now. That's all he's doing. <laughs> Paul Bunyan. Paul Where's your Bunyan. ox? <laughs> um, Let's see if I can find this guy. Yeah, look him up because we don't have fact check Rocco. He yeah, he quit yet last time with Rafferty. Yep. Uh, Chris Hodap. Chris Hodap. There yep. you go. Another book that I find, and again, I'm very much into the Templary. I, I'm very much into the Knights Templar. I find them absolutely fascinating. And a book is called The Temple and the Lodge. That is a fantastic book. It actually starts off by talking about how the Knights Templar were got away. It talks about... It's about a guy who's basically researching the Knights Templar and everything. He lands in Scotland at a... Oh, God. The city escapes or the town escapes. Him, but it's called like Arlen or something like that. And he's looking for Knights Templar castles and everything. Arlen. And again, McGuire's going to break my fucking balls tomorrow oh, about my pronunciation of it. Yeah, yeah. But he actually... And again, I've, always, I've talked about on prior podcast. The Knights Templar, when they were buried, they were buried with just basically their sword being chiseled into a stone. And that was all they were recognized by. And they've actually... The fucking train. I know you bitches start laughing as soon as that fucking train As soon as it started laughing. Go, we started laughing. So anyway, it talks about these documentary guys were going there and they went to this particular city, town. They went to this old church and they found stones that had swords carved into them. And they were dated from 1411. So whether or not it's tradition or whatever, but they were basically looking for Knights Templar castles and stuff like that. And they stumble upon this graveyard. And that's pretty much where the story, the book starts off with. And then it gets into Freemasonry and starts talking about similarities as we have on prior podcasts. But it's a very, very good book if you want to read it. That's all I got for a couple of Masonic books. If anybody's got any more. And again, there's a decent read, uh, a Born book. in Blood. Is that a, that's a Born decent, in Blood is good. That's, but that's Templar, read. though. That's not so much Freemasonry, is it? No, it's got it's got Freemasonry. In oh, it, it does. It, yeah, it is. It is. Um, but you know, it's it's a pretty decent read. 
So uh, there's an author that I read a couple of his books. I, I don't read a lot of Freemasonry books because a lot of the uh, the books that I come across are esoteric and I'm not really into right. that, that part of Freemasonry. Everything else, just esotericism, just doesn't, you know, doesn't mm. really resonate with me. But there's an author out there. I do read a lot of fiction, especially science fiction. This guy's a fiction author. His name is Michael Karpovage. And he wrote um, the Tanunda Mysteries, which is a series of two books. Now it's three books. He just released a new one, which I haven't read yet. But the three books are called Crown of Serpents, Map of Thieves, and Skull of Disguises. And basically, the um, they're all you know the same main character across all three books. His main character is uh, a guy by the name of Jack Ten- uh, Jake Tanunda, who's um, basically penned as a top U.S. Army field historian and a combat veteran. So I figured you would like this, George. Yep. Um, and this guy basically goes on adventures. He's also a Freemasonry and a half Seneca Indian. Oh wow! All right, so. All kinds of different, uh, you know, adventures this guy finds himself, um, you know, running through, and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the the mysteries that he has to solve have all kinds of Freemasonry references. What uh, time them. era is it based in? It's modern day. It is today. Like yep, modern yep. day. It's modern okay. day. But all of the mysteries were of historical significance. Okay. So in the first book, he basically or somebody comes across um, a combat journal of a revolutionary war soldier and you know they they call up him as the top you know u.s military field historian and he's going through this journal and he finds all these masonic ciphers and masonic you know uh references in this book and of course he knows what they're all about because he's a freemason and actually this 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 author is a freemason as well so a lot of a lot of the masonic references in his books are actually pretty they're pretty legit but it's pretty good. I mean, they're they're uh, the first two books are basically, um, you know, he finds uh, what what they're hunting for is some kind of like all powerful thing the, of some yeah, sort or another, yeah, the, right? The secret, right? So the they're first cool, book yeah. is um, it's some it's a crown of serpents. So it's um, some kind of special powerful crown that some shaman who actually is one of his you know it's one of his countrymen, yeah, he's, it's a, yeah Seneca yeah. Indian uh, shaman that wore this hat. And it gave him all kinds of powers and stuff, and it's it, it, it's interesting. If you're into mysteries or if you're into any kind of fiction and you're into Freemasonry, they're worth reading. I like them. I enjoy those books. One other book, The Lost Symbol by Dan Brown. Ah. That's a good one. That's not that's obviously fiction, but that's a very good fiction Masonic book. Very very cool. All and right, I'm gonna actually we got I'm gonna actually say George, we should probably do an entire podcast on Masonic. Um, movies or movies with Masonic uh, right. themes in them. Right. There's, there, I think we should do a whole there episode is. on it. There there's is. quite a few. Yeah, there's there quite a, a few. All right, so we're going to move on to our last question, but uh, there was a question that I'm going to skip over, and I wanted to call out Rob Fowler. Brother Rob Fowler wrote, Solomon's Underground Queries in the Old City of Jerusalem and the Lodge that Meets There Once a Year. That is going to be a whole fucking podcast. <laughs> That's that's I, I I know nothing about it. Stuff that's yeah, underneath Solomon's Temple, like the, the tunnel. I will the... definitely have to look into that because that's like that's a lot. I don't know if I'll be able to answer that question in one podcast, but 
The one other question we had was proper process and etiquette for visiting lodges out of state. I don't think there's really a proper process or etiquette. I think oh. it's more of you show up and uh, show up at your dues card. Uh, oh. I thought it was different. I thought you yeah, have to contact the Grand Lodge and the Grand or, Lodge or, or will. Or at least the worship master of the lodge, I thought. Really? So, so what I was told, I don't know if this is official for Connecticut. I will show the fuck up a, in my purple apron. and ain't, no, no, I'm just I mean, fucking you can do that if you want. <laughs> properly attired, they should Good let you luck. in. But. And a dues card and your, a dues card your best bet i mean the way that i was taught is your best bet is to talk to your lodge secretary who in this case is george, brother george oh, sitting over there so brother Nor- george you should know you. the rest of this no i actually don't i actually don't you're actually teaching right. me something here okay so um, see guys i don't know everything <laughs> go ahead so so our secretary is uh is is i'm not gonna say his name but he's our, our di- your district deputy as well like, like ah our, yes our district deputy uh, we've dropped his name before marty Oh, okay. We, well, do, we, we don't use Marty. last names, but Marty. All right. Yeah, we tried. So, so brother Marty is our lodge secretary, and what he told me is, if I'm ever going, and I've done this a few times, I've traveled out of the country, I've traveled to you know other regions around the U.S., and what he told me is, just let me know ahead of time where you're going, and I'll find a local lodge in that area because first of all, you have to make sure that there's mutual recognition between our grand jurisdiction and their grand jurisdiction. Right. Otherwise, you may be in. A situation where you're visiting a clandestine lodge and you don't right, want that to happen. Right, right, right. So, what your lodge secretary is supposed to do is first ensure that there's mutual recognition between your lodge and the one that you're going to visit. And they'll also send a letter that they all have a, or they're supposed to, all have a standard um, letter of introduction that they'll send to the lodge secretary that you're going to visit. And that kind of like opens the door for you. Yeah, what's ours look like, George? Yeah. You can ask Brother Marty. He'll get you. What do ours look like? What? Standard form letter of introduction. He was looking it up on his phone. I was looking it up on my phone, you bastard. (laughs) I'm sure it's on the Grand Lodge website if you want to. That's what I was trying to get into, but Pat decided to bust my balls. So So fuck all you. I ain't looking up. (laughs) So at any rate, that kind of like opens the door to you, right? Because now that lodge's secretary and thereby the master knows that you're coming to visit and on what date and they can prepare for your arrival which is always good okay um i'd also say always carry your dues card with you right absolutely that dues card may not mean anything if you're going to visit a lodge in mainland china or something like that but it's always good to have that official piece of paper and always be prepared to work your way in and what i mean by work your way in for those who may not be masons that are listening is you have to somehow establish that you are a mason to somebody who may not even speak the same language as you right Hmm. i heard an interesting story from uh one brother in our lodge who has tons of interesting stories all he does is tell stories um but one of the coolest ones i've heard him talk about is when he was traveling so does saxton he tells bullshit (laughs) stories but he presents them as true right he presents them as facts I mean, as far as I know, this story was factual, but it was very interesting nonetheless, even if it wasn't. And he, I think he was traveling in, in somewhere in Europe, maybe it was Germany, and uh, he visited a lodge. He didn't have a letter of introduction or anything. He just showed up, and he right. showed his dues card, and they were like, that's cool. It's a piece of paper. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> um, they said it in German, of course. Um, he didn't speak any German. They didn't speak a lick of English, but all these brothers were like, I mean, you know, want to let you in but so one of them held up his finger and they all went inside the lodge room and left him outside in the ante room and shut the door and he heard he didn't know what was going on but he heard all this like rustling going on inside the lodge room and they come back and they open the door and all of the lodge furniture is in the center of the room piled up 
and they just point over to it. And he's like, they want me to arrange the lodge furniture the way it should be. So he went and he moved every piece of furniture where it goes. He moved the columns. He moved the master's seat and the warden's columns and everything where it was supposed to go in the lodge room. And they were like... Welcome, brother, in German or whatever wow. the fuck language it was. Welcome, so I was like, so you've <laughs> got to be, you've cool got to be ready to do that. Like everybody wants to welcome you in as a brother, and when they do, they'll treat you like a brother. You that have brothers everywhere in the world. Really cool, cool. but make sure you can let them know that you're a Mason. If I ever did that in this lodge and Dan walked in, he would, I would fucking I'm, throw I'm him sorry. out on his George, ass. George, you're not Just moving the stone. The <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going anywhere. No, what I'm saying, all the chairs. If I took all the chairs, Dan would be fucked. He'd never get. In the lodge of his own fucking lodge. <laughs> How do you figure? I probably could move more shit than you would. I'm not talking about actually physically moving things with 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 that? strength. Means I mean, like where to put it. you would yeah, never you know where the fucking put all the chairs. Fuck you! I would know where every single. I'm too detail oriented. That would be one of the things. That, that is true. Just observing. I, Challenge I, accepted. OCD okay. like a there are crazy some ancillary person. chairs. That'll I would catch literally up probably be able to point out. No, this chair and this chair should be switched. No, they're the same chair. That's right. Italians are very be meticulous. Because this one has this tear over here that I was picking at two years ago. You didn't ago. even hear me. This yeah, one hurts. Nah, you wouldn't be able to pull that on me. You'd, this you'd be fine in any other country, then. You'd yeah, be fine. Oh, Especially I mean, Italy. Exactly that. No. Especially yeah. Italy. Yeah. He knows the language Fuck already, though. God, yeah, yeah, forget the handshakes you know, or anything. My Bobby inbox, everything. Watch and what's out, funny watch is, out I don't, that hand is flying. I don't check my Facebook Messenger at all, at all. <laughs> and I checked it not, but probably a week or two ago. And I have all these random messages from people like, "Would you accept this message from someone who's not your friend? Would you accept this message?" No, and I, I have like six that. of them. <laughs> And I'm looking, I'm like, why? I'm all of a sudden popular. There's got to be a bot or something. I start looking, it's Italian flag. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi, this. I can't uh, imagine who started All that. this other You've shit. been attacked by but my But what acolytes. I realized is exactly that. Every single <laughs> time someone said, love you, to George, George kept telling people, all right, now you have to message Daniel to send him something Italian. I warned you, motherfucker. I warned you. Excuse me. When I say motherfucker, I mean brother. But I warned you. I warned you. Matter of fact, Raph just sent us. That was before he threw the snowball at the window, too. That he sent us the freaking Italian picture of me cropped in the middle of an Italian flag. All right. So what do you think? We end this podcast and go to After Hours. We will do an After Hours. Might as well. It's actually been requested. Brother Ken's up here. We're going to smoke cigarettes. We're going to fucking hang out and yep. we're going to tear some yeah, shit up. We're going to do bad things. Yeah, we're going to do bad gotta, things. This is where it gets ugly. Oh, you're sticking the fuck around because I'm not done with your bitch ass. Fuck you. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, first thing I want to do is I want to fill the cannons. Cannons are... Cannons oh, are you're oh my oh. cannon is not charging a ward. Yeah, wait, we are not charging What kind of warden are you? <laughs> Actually, uh, no, all, joke- senior, is it? all joking aside... Uh, next Thursday, Brother Perry, he's going to be in the hot seat. Uh, War Show Master Ryan is not going to be here. Speaking of ritual, Perry, yeah, Perry's been practicing with me for that. Dude, this dude's got a whole itinerary written up. I'm not worried. Me? Oh, hey. Hey. oh yeah. No, 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 no. no. Class with him, Let me tell you, it all joking that, aside. He showed me like a week ago. He's like, this is what I plan to talk about in the meeting. And all joking, always have like, an agenda. God always damn. Have an all agenda. joking you, aside, Perry. I think, and I'm... I, I hate to, to say anybody's the best or better or anything, but our best ritualist is sitting right here to my right, Brother yeah. Perry. No, it's you. You're, you're better. Uh, what? 
With what? I think that with comes with what I'll say, and especially understand. Being a, I've been doing this longer, but for the time that you've been doing it, that's what I was going to. That's fantastic. exactly what I was going to say. Well, what you. it comes with is experience. Eventually. I think Perry. I actually agree with George, and I think Perry. When he dropped that Canadian charge, well, when Perry has didn't many miss a years, fucking word. When Perry has as many years in as you do, I, think I feel you guys like have your new ritual coach sitting over here. Yeah. Me or him, no. brother oh, Perry, yeah. no, the ritual I'll, coach. I don't want to know shit from here on in. But I aspire to be one of those seventy-year-old guys. We're gonna close this up, bro. Cannons are charging the line. <laughs> cannons are charging the line. It looks like Brother Ken's gotta take a whiz, so we're gonna. Uh... Yeah, we gotta speed this up. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! Train's leaving the station. <laughs> Train already left. Wait a minute, was that no, a fucking a... shot? That was a shot. That was a shot. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. All right, let's do this. Go ahead. To, to you, Warshore Brother Ken, for coming up here and hanging out with us, having a good time. It's not over yet, but this is the official end. Thank so. you, brothers, for having me. Thank right hand to arms. 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 Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva. 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 Rocco didn't fuck up a toast this time. I'm impressed. Fucked up. <laughs> 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 All right. So, for the Freemasons podcast, I am Right Worship Brother George Mudry signing off. Brother Rocco. Brother Patrick. Brother Perry. Brother Daniel. And Worshipful Brother Ken. Have a good night, folks. Peace. Babysitters. <laughs>